Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock from MCG Quantity Surveyors. Now, today we are speaking to a previous guest of the podcast. We're chatting to Oliver Jackson from Living Property. The focus of this episode is to talk about his pet strategy, which is purchasing properties that have renovation upside potential, managing that renovation, and then, of course, revaluing for equity and rental return. We talked to him about the types of properties that he looks for, the types of renovations that he will and he won't do, and what opportunities there are around the country, as well as is this a strategy that works in any type of property market? He's got some great answers and some great case studies for us today. I'm sure you'll enjoy this one. Here's Oliver. Oliver Jackson, welcome back to Geared for Growth. Mate, it's always an absolute pleasure. It's been a while, but I've been on a few times. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, you have uh, solo to begin with, uh, and then you came on um, with Luke. Was that right? Luke Bailey. Yep. Luke Bailey. Yeah. We talked about some development stuff, but today we're focusing specifically on the topic of renovation. Now we've done a few shows about you know how to renovate a property and you know what things should be renovated, what should be left alone. But you're coming from a little bit more of a strategic angle and I want to talk to you about the value in buying a renovated type property as an investor. What makes that an attractive prospect for you? Mate, there are so many, so many amazing things. Apart from the fact you've actually got to do the renovation, which I think freaks a lot of people out. Um I don't think I think people think they cost a lot more than they actually do. Um maybe if they've done one before, trades can rip people off. Like I'll tell you some stories later about the difference in quotes that I've just actually recently personally received, so I can't imagine what other people have got. Right. But um, I guess the best part about buying a renovator, um, let's say Brisbane, for instance, if you're in a market, you're looking, say, around the 600 grand mark, and you've got a house that's, let's just say, 1970s, you know, you've got the purple bathrooms, um, you know, the bones are good, but, you know, it looks like shit, let's say. Yeah. Um, get a lot of owner-occupiers aren't going to walk in there and be like, oh, my God, I love it. I'll give you 650 for it. They walk in there and they're like, oh my God, this like they walk back out again. Mm. So you've cut out a lot of the market pushing up the price for it. And then let's say you put a 50 grand reno in. Imagine if they walk in there the next day and they'll, they'll they want to throw their money at it. So you're taking out a lot of the market when you're actually going to buy it originally, which um gives you a lot more um, I guess, bargaining power because there's less people going for it. Now that makes perfect sense, but it, it makes me wonder about shows like the block where they look at this renovation stuff, you know, we can do that, honey. Like we'll take a couple of weeks off work, you know, we'll we'll get a film crew, we'll get Bunnings to give us free equipment. We won't have any arguments and, and you know, it'll be great. Are there a lot of people that, that are looking at these renovation projects from that glamorous point of view and, and perhaps some of the some of the pervasive issues around shows like The Block is that it's, it's more an entertainment show rather than financial advice, right? To be honest, I reckon that fizzled out after probably series four or five. Like, yeah, oh. when it first came out, I think a lot of people were doing that. Um, I think, like, The Block's probably got the similar audience every year. I don't think their audience is growing year on year with new people watching it. Yeah. Um, and if it is, I don't think it's that, let's face it, normal TV doesn't get that many ratings. So... I think originally when it was a really big show back in the beginning, I think there was a lot of people doing that. Um, and those people either found out pretty quickly that it's a lot harder than it is. 
Um, so, no, I don't think those shows really do much on the whole for the amount of properties sold in Australia. I don't mm. think it's that big. All right. Don't worry. I've got another one in my suite of devil's advocate <laughs> questions. <laughs> The, the cost of material went through the roof during COVID. Now, mm-hmm. we can see that the, the shipping indexes are saying that it's come back to normal, but there's still probably a bit of a lag for that to come through mm-hmm. to the consumer. And there is a real tradie shortage, and probably the mm-hmm. reason why you're getting some dodgy quotes is this, they're just kind of putting a, like, throw it at the wall, see if it sticks to whole price. Are we in an economic environment that that means that you can actually renovate economically? Um I think the cost of materials isn't as bad. It still is harder to get some things. Um, it's definitely harder to get trades or they're, they're charging a fortune. Um, and we use, I've renovated in three different states in Australia. Um, so we, but we have a team we use in each state. Um, and so we've got, say, three painters in each state, three electricians. We've got the number one we want to use if they can't do it or something happens, and we've got number two, number three. Most people don't have that. They just have, I don't even know where people find trades, to be honest, um, you know, a friend's friend or they go into the paper. Um, so, for example, I'm doing a, a renovation at the moment in regional Queensland. The property, I said to the property manager, can you just go and get some quotes um, and then I'll grab a quote or two myself. I rang the guy I know and then she got a couple. One was 35000 One was 27000 And she was like, oh, the $27,000 one sounds pretty good. Yeah, I got one for I got one for nine thousand dollars. Wow! And, I was, and even that was a stretch. It was like I thought it should have been eight and a half. Yeah. So <clears throat> someone that you know gets the thirty five and then twenty seven and thinks that good, if she sent that to the client, and they were like, "What the hell? That's, like that's just the paint the place. <laughs> There's nothing left." But those trades are either so busy, or yeah, they don't want the job. So mm. if you did, if you don't know what you're doing or you don't know how much things are meant to cost, I can see why people will do one renovation never want to do one again, which is a lot of clients I sign up. They're like, oh, no, we don't want to do renovations. I'm like, look, we'll take care of the whole thing. You don't have to do anything. And it's not going to cost you that much, but it cost you last time because there's some horror stories out there. Yeah. And and I suppose people can obviously use a buyer's agent such as yourself to sort of concierge this whole experience, but you must feel for investors that are going out there and just, you know, the old idea is you have three quotes and, you know, you might not necessarily pick the cheapest because they're not all apples versus apples. But, you know, how, how do property investors get some clarity on what is a reasonable quote or not? Well, exactly. That's the that's the scary thing. Like, you you know, when you go and buy anything, usually there's the most expensive one, the cheapest one, you usually buy the one in the middle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you still don't know if that guy's any good. He's just the guy that's in the middle. Well, anytime um, I would be taking you out to lunch, it would be I'd just get that bottle of wine just below the bottom because I'm cheap, <laughs> but I don't want you to think that I'm, you know, you know you're a bottom of the list sort of guy. <laughs> I have actually experienced that with you, yes. Get out of it. Like You don't drink anyway, so it's not even a true story. So when we look at these ugly duckling properties, if we can call it that, uh, you're, you're cutting out the competition because someone will quite happily buy that property if they see it when it's finished, when you've done your work, but they don't want to take on the hassle. They may be worried about tradies, they're worried about costs, or they can't actually see the potential. When you're looking at it, are there types of unrenovated properties that are better than others, i.e. are there certain types of 
of improvements that you don't want to do because of the risk or the return. Like for example, um, mm -hmm. there might be some uh, landscaping or some drainage issues to a property. Now that might not necessarily give as much back as say putting in a kitchen. Yep. Yeah. I've knocked back more, more than I buy. Even last week, I knocked back a couple of, they look like good looking renovators, but um, one of them was the layout was wrong. Um, can't really fix the layout without spending a lot of money. Like when you start knocking, I'm talking, if you're going to do like a big, big renovation, you know, you need two, 300 grand. I'm talking knocking down load bearing walls, adding bedrooms. What we do is just cosmetic renovations. Yep. Kind of try and keep everything where it is because when you start moving stuff around, that's what costs a lot of money. So, you know, you try and keep the shower where the shower is, the bath where the bath is, the sink where the sink is. Um, same with the kitchen. You know, you start moving kitchens from here to over there. You're going to move everything. If it's concrete flooring, you've got to move pipes. Cost a fortune. Mm. Knock down a load bearing wall. Um, you know, with the price of steel, price of timber, you know, that can cost you 20 grand just to move a wall. So layout is very important. Um, we want to make sure the layout's good. Um, that's not that's number one. If it's not a load bearing wall and you can knock it out, great. You know, you can get up in the roof, you can see if it's load bearing or not. Um, so you want layout is like key, I think. Um Landscaping is probably more expensive than renovating the internal of the house. Mm -hmm. So if it's got a big hill or it's if it's not a flat backyard, you kind of try and stay away from it because, you know, retaining walls, if they go, they cost a fortune. You want to dig all that out, cost a fortune. You, you know, flat blocks are ideal. Obviously, then you've got development potential down the track. So layout, flat block, um, that's kind of the two key things. As for, you know, what's wrong with it internally, on how much it's going to cost, depending on what market you're buying. If you're buying in a market where it's 400 grand in bloody Salisbury in Adelaide, or if you're buying in um, Stafford in Brisbane, you know, it's a million bucks a property, your renovation is going to be a lot more because you're going to put in better features, better kitchens, probably bigger kitchens and stuff like that. So it really depends on your market, where you're buying, and if it's worth renovating for that area. If we look at price segments, is there more money to be made, assuming you've got an unlimited budget, is there more money to be made on percentage terms in doing the uplift on the $400,000 property or the $900,000 property, would you say? Like, uh, are, are people that are, are buying a million-dollar-plus property expecting it to be finished to a certain level and and there is a premium for that? Um, yeah, well, you're wanting to put in $1 and getting $2 back. So depending on your areas, depending on how much you're going to spend. And if you're looking at a million dollar plus property, you're going to want, you're not going to want a shitty caboodle kitchen with, you know, a laminate bench, bench top. You're going to probably want stone, some nice, you know, nice um, appliances and stuff. So it hundred percent makes a difference on your area. Also, if you go into a, a, a lower socio area and you're putting in all this fancy stuff, you're just totally overcapitalizing. It's just a massive waste of money. Great for um, depreciation though. <laughs> it's good for Mike. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so sometimes like we did a renovation recently in Adelaide, um, and the areas, it was like, I think it was a $420,000 property and the, the kitchen at the time, this is when it was, uh, it was probably six months ago. So the kitchen was going to be like 20 grand, which is usually say 10 or 11, um, just cause the shortage couldn't get stuff, had to get it from different places. So instead of actually replacing the kitchen, we just, um, changed all the, all the door handles, fixtures, and finishes, and painted it, and re and redid the bench top. Mm -hmm. It was like three three grand. It looked like a brand new kitchen. Right now, you wouldn't do that in a million dollar suburb. You would no. pay the twenty grand for the kitchen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
there's kind of little MacGyver tricks you can do in different areas. Just really depends on where it is. That's why knowing your market and knowing how much things actually cost is super important. Yeah. Now, given our serviceability has been eroded by Dr. Philip Lowe in the last little while, and maybe Michelle Bullock is going to start bringing interest rates back and we'll have more to spend. The average investor, according to our data, is is spending under seven hundred thousand dollars. I think the last time I checked was about six eighty seven, and many people will be looking around that half million dollar mark. So, if you were looking at, at a, around that price point, could you sort of describe that what the property would look like? What what would be the ideal one that would fit your investment criteria around that price point? Yeah, it's hard. Uh... Even under six hundred grand now is pretty hard to be honest. Um, but the problem is most people only have four fifty to six hundred <laughs> to spend. Yeah. So it's depending, obviously, depending on where you're buying. Uh, if you're buying in Adelaide, I personally don't buy in Perth. Um, I hear it's cheap, but I also hear there's seven thousand people going for properties. Um, so it's probably option, uh, ideas over there, but I don't I don't touch it. Um, so you've got like your Adelaide and Brisbane and your regional Queenslands. So, you know, three to 600 grand, you're looking at uh, Townsville, Rockhampton, the Bundabergs. Um, doesn't matter, to be honest, for me personally, if it's in if it's in Adelaide, if it's in Brisbane, if it's in regional Queensland, I like to buy 19, say, 60s to 80s brick houses on big blocks of land, you know, six yep. to 800 square metres. Ideally brick houses, but sometimes we buy Queenslanders. Um, depends if they're weatherboard or if they've got, the, there's like a new weatherboard that's not timber and it um, lasts a lot longer. Yep. So it really de- depends where you are, but yeah, I like brick houses ideally because yep. like a house from 1970s is going to last a hell of a longer than a house built two years ago. The just yeah. quality of build, all the timbers they used, everything they used is solid. Mm. And all you have to do is just replace the internals. So depending where you are, I still like to keep the same fundamentals no matter where it is. Yep. All right. So we've got a bomb-proof brick property <laughs> with a with a high... Uh, land to asset ratio, mm-hmm. uh, and internally, if if I picture something from that era, I'm 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 picturing perhaps some of that. You know, they have that the glass that has almost like the the beer <laughs> bottle sort of shapes in it, and often it's like a yellow, yep. and it's it's opaque. You can't really look through it. It's definitely not in fashion now. <laughs> You've got kitchen bench tops that have probably got like a rounded edge, but it's kind of squared off. <laughs> and it's going to be laminate, maybe yep. like an apple green, like a, a lime apple green sort of color, or or a mission brown. You get a couple of oranges. Um, we we think we're probably talking like long pile brownish sort of car, but a lot of brown. Mm. Um, so so what do, do you think about that? I mean, I think about that, and I want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. But you're thinking maybe opportunities. The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. That that turns me on a little bit. That kind of stuff. <laughs> That's a whole other show. Yeah, because that to me is opportunity at its best. Yeah. Um, like a a nineteen seventies brick house. Yeah, it looks like crap, but you can paint it, paint it white, render it if you want to spend the extra thirty grand. But paint it, it doesn't look like crap anymore. So that's you know that's a simple fix. Internally, that old stuff, get rid of it. 
new kitchen, new bathroom. I wouldn't even bother trying to fix that stuff. Just get rid of it. Yeah. So that is exactly what you want. Because if you walk in there, someone walks in, in there with their wife and they just go, oh, my God, this is disgusting. They just walk straight back out, back out again. Yep. I walk in there and I'm like, imagine what you could do this, like a beautiful, nice white kitchen, stone bench top, down lights, beautiful. Come back in six months and they'll buy it for 200 grand more. Mm. And you've spent 65, 50, nice. 100. 30 to 60. 30 to 60, yeah. Okay, so you want minimum uh, $2 for every dollar spent you mentioned. But for, for so that sort of price point, we're talking – a $500,000 house, which is putting you in regional Queensland or Adelaide, certain pockets, um, Perth, which you don't touch, but I'm sure you can find some something for that sort of price. So you're spending five hundred grand, and the renovation, you would be thinking, you know, somewhere around that sort of 60, 60 mark? Yeah. So Brisbane, we're looking six to 700 grand properties. Um Depending if you just if you just have to do paint and floors and the kitchen's not too bad, then great. Yep. Obviously, if it's you know a purple bench top, you don't want that. Um, so, thirty to sixty ideal. That's sub seven hundred thousand dollar properties. Yep. Now you will have a group of tradies that you've built some rapport with, and you've done multiple deals with. How mm-hmm. how do how do people try and do this themselves? I mean, I know you would say, well. Don't because people can do it better. But but no yeah. matter how much you could try and convince them, there will be people that go and do this themselves yes. and they go and make mistakes. So you talked about some of those, the, the case study about um, the paint quotes. H- how do people protect themselves? What What's the smartest way that they can go about getting prices for things? When I started doing it myself personally, I was in construction. So yeah. for me, I just got my mates or people on site if there's a you know a painter on site i'd be like how much you know you want to do a cashier this other so yeah sweet no worries um good for me every trade every day that i worked with so everyone loves everyone loves cash um as for a normal person um honestly i i think that's why people are scared of renovations because they get ripped off so much um obviously referrals is the best way to do it um find someone who's done a renovation see if they were happy with the work like time is very important. So you don't want someone to go, oh, they were really good, except they took three months to do it. Like you want someone who's quick. Um, so referrals, and if you don't know anyone with referrals, um, you can find a project management company. Like we only do renovations for clients that we've bought the houses for. So yep. if we have a full service, we will find you a property, help you build a portfolio and renovate it. If yep. someone comes to me and goes, I bought a house, can you renovate it? Absolutely no chance. Like we don't charge for renovations. We do it for our clients for free. There's no way you couldn't pay me a fortune to do renovations for people because yep. it's there's renovation companies that do it, um, except they'll charge you 30%. Um, yeah, right. So, really, it's the only way I think you could do it if you didn't know. There's companies like, uh, what are they called? Three Birds. Um, people like them, I think that's what they do. They just renovate. I think they do quite high end stuff. Yep. Um, outside of that, I mean, going into the old yellow pages and finding three pl- pl- sparkies, they're not going to put you at the top of the list. Yeah. Yep. And they're just going to charge you through the roof. So I don't honestly have any good tips for people that don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I think um, <laughs> unfortunately, property, property managers always seem to know who the good tradies are fairly well. I mean, your example was the the obvious opposite of that. but That's know, very common though. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, that- like m- my property manager I use in Brisbane um, and in Adelaide, amazing. They have great trades. They help me with actually with the process of project managing and stuff. They're amazing, but they're very, very, very rare. 
Yeah, right. Because most property managers, like, it's a tough job and they don't get paid very well. Um, I, I feel sorry for them a lot of the time, but they have no idea what they're doing, let alone in the property management space, let alone renovating properties for people and mm. the speed it needs to be done. Because if it takes three, four months, that's a, costing them a lot of money to hold on to that property. Yeah, absolutely. With, Not- you know, a million-dollar property, you know, it's costing people, what, 5000 bucks a month to hold it? Yeah. It can add up pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, it makes that uh, makes those quotes sort of pale in in, in comparison if we're talking about exactly. a big time frame. So, talk us through the the mindset that people are coming to you looking for this service, or perhaps people that come to you and they don't really know exactly what they want to do, but they want to invest in property, they want to grow their financial worth. Um, is is the is the real game of this to purchase something, to renovate it, to revalue, and get that? 2x or 3x on that uh, on that spend and pull equity to go again or to refinance what what's what, what's the strategy normally um, a lot of people come to me and they don't want to renovate yep. um, not many people go like a lot of people sign up with me because of the renovations that we do but a lot go I don't want to I don't want anything to do with it like but I don't they live in Sydney I don't want to go to Brisbane and paint it's like hang on <laughs> No, no, you're not going to have to come up here and like paint the walls yourself. Like yeah. we'll we'll take care of it. So a lot of people don't want to do it, but then I kind of talk them into it and say, look, we'll take care of the whole process. You're going to save fifty grand buying the property if they've got the, they've got to have the cash to obviously do the renovation. Um, yeah. doesn't have to happen straight away. Some like we're doing a renovation now for a client. We bought the property eighteen months ago, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to be straight away. But there's the option there to do it at some stage. Um, so that renovation will usually say add one, two, three hundred dollars a week to the rent. Because it's a more appealing property, so there's obviously more cash flow. They get they can borrow more money because they've got more income coming in, and then they're obviously going to get an equity uplift in the property. Yep. So there's multiple ways that the reason renovation is the way to do it. Yeah. Now, if we contrast that strategy to perhaps looking at properties that are low maintenance, maybe built in the early two thousands. Uh, the big difference from your perspective is you can buy these property cheaper, cheaper. You can manufacture more equity, and you can actually manufacture that rental increase as well. So that's why you're not buying those types of properties. Correct. Some yeah. clients I have like I just they want set and forget. So I just if they're a doctor or something, they just want to buy you know put their money into something. I've got one client I've bought four or five properties for. He doesn't want to rent away. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to think it, he doesn't want me to do it, he's wanting to do with it. <laughs> Let's keep buying houses and in 10 years, you know, maybe whatever, but he doesn't want anything to do with it. Sweet. Yeah. That's that's fine. We still obviously do set and forget kind of stuff. But the hardest thing for most people to get rich is to save cash to buy the next property. Yeah. So if you're just buy you can buy really well, um, but you still have to wait, you know, a fair while to to get that income coming in or for that property to grow in value. So why not manufacture the equity faster through a sh- small amount of cash? So have you got some examples of of deals that you've done with people that have, have enabled them to perhaps accelerate their property investment portfolio journey? Yeah, heaps. We did about 20 renos last year and every single one of those clients has bought another property. Right. So, okay. Well, I only asked for one. <laughs> but yeah, right. Okay. A lot and- of We do a lot of business part, like um, a lot of, I work with a lot of tradies. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, they... You know, one business partner will do it. So we bought one in Brisbane for one, did a 40 grand reno. His business partner saw it. It's like, oh, shit, I want to get involved. He did one and then they both finished the reno. Then we bought him another property elsewhere, did the same thing again. 
So there's multiple business partners that follow the other one. Um, he's like, oh, look what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, so that happens pretty regularly. That one once one friend sees the other one doing it, they want to do it, uh, which is good for us because then it keeps our trades happy because we keep giving them more work. And then we, you know, we'll buy in the same area, and then we'll buy in the next state, and then the next state. So we keep we're spreading their portfolio out and keeping all of our trades in work um, constantly. Yeah, and there's huge amount of value in keeping those trades in work because they get a little bit sharper with the pencil because they know that you're sending the regular work, so you're worth looking after. You pay on time, so another another issue that they have is 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 not getting paid or being held up or people mm-hmm. going bankrupt and all those sorts of things. <laughs> yes. Um. One one last one last question. This strategy is it more effective or are there times where it might fall down depending on the economic environment so right now we're talking relatively high interest rates there's not that many listings available the market is in a little bit of a state of flux we've sort of bottomed and we're we're growing now does it work better in markets like this or would would you not would you not consider it in a boom market or a declining market how does it factor into what's happening economically um, I don't think it matters what market you're working in. It's whatever that client you're with is working with at the time has. If they have the cash available to do the renovation and they can't buy another property, like a, a good thing we do is let's say we've got a client that's got three or four properties and they're they're totally they're capped out. They can't borrow any more money. We'll go back through their portfolio and go, okay, well, we can renovate two or three of these properties and then, then you've still got stuff happening. You're making money along the way, putting cash into something until they can borrow again and that they can get all the equity out of those properties. So it's also tapping back into what people already have. Um, so as for the market, I don't think it really makes a difference. It's all about the person, each individual person and, and the timing. At the moment, it's just very hard to find good property. Mm. Very, very yes. hard. Well, the listing, the, the the listing indicators, the comparative market analysis apparently are, are coming along. So hopefully that'll change in the next little while and be easier for us all to <laughs> do so. some deals. But uh <laughs> In the meantime, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights on uh, the renovation and investment game today, Oliver. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's always a pleasure. Looking forward to next time. See you then. Cheers. See you then.